A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. This is the Vice Guide to Right Now, your inside look into the best of vice. It's Friday, May 24th. I'm Sophie Cases. So today we've got some big news. This will actually be the very last episode of the Vice Guide Right Now podcast, because I'm going to be moving on to some super exciting new Vice podcast projects. I know, mysterious, but I'm not going to tell you what yet. I'm going to keep the suspense up, but please stay tuned. You're definitely going to want to hear what we're cooking up. So since this is the last episode and it's been a great ride, I want to sincerely thank all of our listeners. Thank you. Thank you. I really hope you learned some things along the way. But don't go away yet. We do still have one last episode to do. And to be honest, it's kind of a downer. But hey, it's our job to bring you the news and culture that really matters. So here goes. Today, we're talking to Vice reporter and friend of the pod, Ankita Rao about how Trump's EPA just doesn't care about air pollution and its health effects. In 1948, a severe bout of smog killed 20 people and sickened 7,000 in the small town of Denora, Pennsylvania. The fatal air pollution, spurred by a steel mill, was not unheard of during the time, but it catalyzed a national movement for better air. Two years later, President Harry Truman called the first National Air Pollution Conference. And by 1963, Congress had passed the Clean Air Act. More than six decades later, despite significant progress, air pollution continues to be a major problem, with more than 40% of Americans still exposed to unhealthy air. Now, the Environmental Protection Agency, or EPA, under President Trump, has decided to pose an arbitrary threshold by which to define unhealthy air in order to protect fossil fuel companies and their unchecked emissions. EPA Director Scott Pruitt confirmed President Donald Trump will sign an executive order to roll back Obama-era power plant regulations. The proposals were harshly criticized by environmentalists like the Sierra Club. Clean air standards in reverse is a hidden tax on families. More than four in ten Americans live in counties with unhealthy levels of ozone or soot or the tiny particles that get deep into young lungs and aging brains. Given that science has confirmed that no level of polluted air can be healthy, this will not only threaten us now, but also for generations to come. So I've got the fabulous Ankita Rao in the studio to give us all the deets. Ankita, this is a special show. I know. It's been 
what, two years of making this? I don't know if it's been quite two years, but it's been a while. We've we've made hundreds of episodes. I know. I feel like we've grown a lot together. We have. And this is the very last episode, but not for bad reasons, for, for really good reasons. Yeah. I think good for both of us and good for the company and good for listeners. Good for listeners. You're going to have some really exciting podcasts to listen to very soon. But this episode, as I said in the intro, for a last episode is a little bit of a downer, but that's okay. It's important. I think it's a thinker, you know? It's a thinker. It's a thinker. And that's what we like to, that's what we like to make. So we're talking about the EPA, the Environmental Protection Agency. It looks a lot different under the Trump administration than it has ever looked before. You know, the name Environmental Protection Agency, you assume that its primary purpose and goals are about protecting the environment. That seems to not be the case right now. Can you describe what the EPA's role traditionally has been and what the agency is up to now? Sure. So the EPA has traditionally been sort of the overlord of our water, our air, the chemicals that we consume in various ways, and looking at how to regulate the impact that humans and the things we make and develop and create and waste have on our environment. And that has meant that the agency has produced legislation and and directed legislation around clean power under Obama, um, around clean air, which is over 30 years or 40 years old, and water, anything to do with lead and arsenic in our water, which has been historically a problem in the U.S., that all went through the EPA. So I think in some ways we should be pretty grateful that something Mm -hmm. like that agency exists. And what about now? What is the EPA under the Trump administration up to? So it's very hard to say what tangible impacts that the Trump EPA has had on us, only because a lot of it won't be known until, you know, 10 years from now when we're seeing the impact in our bodies and in our cities and in our water. When we're Um, sick. When we're sick, when it's too late. But for some things that we can look at, you know, it's gone through a lot of hands, through Scott Pruitt, through a lot of pro-industry hands specifically. um, And Trump has basically directed the agency to ease regulations around industry. And we're talking coal mining, um, but not just coal, which is a very small and dwindling industry, Mm -hmm. but various other energy as well. And the other thing that's happened is the agency has tried to ease regulations around clean power, around clean air, and is trying essentially to allow our country to quote unquote grow unchecked. But the growth, of course, has a lot of ramifications. Do you think that the EPA needs to be renamed under (laughs) Trump? Um, I think it would be a disastrous precedent for us to rename an agency (laughs) for a president because, you know, that president is temporary, and I'm hoping that the EPA will exist beyond Trump. <laughs> Same. Great answer. So for this episode, we're going to focus specifically on air pollution, even though, as you said, the EPA covers a lot of ground, air, water, energy, land, etc. Um, but you've been reporting on air pollution specifically 
And what we've seen happen under Trump recently is that his administration has decided to pose an arbitrary threshold by which to define unhealthy air. And, you know, you write that this is in order to protect fossil fuel companies and, as you said, their unchecked emissions. Can you explain what this threshold means? Like, where did it come from? How did it get decided on? Why is there no science involved at all? And what is it going to mean for the environment and our health? So governments like to do this sometimes. They like to fudge data to make themselves look better. In this case, the EPA is saying that there is now a sort of red line for air pollution of particles like particulate matter in the air. And below this red line, they will not count that pollution as actual pollution, and they will not count deaths of people related to that pollution as deaths due to pollution. So as you can see, this is pretty self-serving. It makes the government look like the environment is not as toxic as it is by manipulating the data around it. We've seen this in a lot of other countries. I did this report a few years ago around malaria in India where the government is hiding the number of people dying from malaria in order to get more funding from the WHO. So this is the kind of tactic that the U.S. is using as well. The threshold itself was not based on science, but it's very similar to what the U.S. has done in the past with things like lead. It's widely known now that no amount of lead in our water is safe. But at the same time, they used to say that under 15 micrograms of lead per water per liter is okay, and we're not going to count the kids that have that in their blood as sick. They've changed that since then based Mm -hmm. on science. But In this case, they are sort of going backwards and trying to do this again and make themselves look better and basically allow companies to continue doing what they're doing without being responsible for the deaths and the public health disasters that they create. And similar to what you're saying about lead with air pollution, studies have shown that no amount of air pollution is good for, is okay for our health. Can you talk about the effects of air pollution that we're seeing? I mean, I think the first thing that comes to mind is high rates of asthma. But what are other consequences of air pollution uh, that we're seeing? So the scary thing is we don't even know all of them yet. But what we know so far is that even very trace amounts of air pollution from various fumes from cars and, and from other things cause cardiovascular disease. You know, so bad heart health, heart attacks related to air pollution. Asthma and lung issues are obviously sort of a given. There's also these like kind of interesting new studies coming around about metabolism Hmm. and air pollution, where there's actually a link between poor air quality and slower metabolism. So we might even see something with our obesity epidemic being tied to this. And I think one of the scarier things for me is cognitive development Mm -hmm. and cognitive issues. The kids who are most impacted by air pollution, which it goes without saying, unfortunately, tend to be in communities of color and poor communities, you know, actually see more cognitive dysfunction because of air pollution. And of course, there's a lot of other factors that play into this. But, you know, I think that people working on this sort of can't stress enough that this is a very, very real thing that we're seeing in our bodies. Yeah, I wanted to talk about that because I think sometimes when we hear health stats or we 
hear about policy shifts like this, it can be hard to visualize or really understand the real life effects. So what are some cases that you've seen of communities suffering specifically from Trump's dismantling of environmental protections? So yeah, so we've already seen some of the impacts of this in our communities. In Houston, for example, there's actual sulfur dioxide poisoning because the EPA ruled against regulations to protect people from sulfur dioxide, which is a element that comes from some of these manufacturing activities. Arsenic and mercury in our water, um, that's really scary. In West Virginia, especially where you're seeing a lot of this industry and old Mm -hmm. uh, old coal mining plants and communities. Communities that were just starting to recover from some of that poisoning are now seeing that again. But I don't also want to make it sound like it's only these sort of manufacturing hubs and rural areas that are impacted because anything that affects all of us is also very present in our cities. And we've actually heard a lot more cases of people leaving cities and moving because of air quality, because their kids can't breathe anymore. They're having a lot more asthma attacks. And things that we see as like, oh, wow, it's just a really bad allergy season isn't just about pollen anymore. There's a lot more things that we thought we got rid of 50 years ago that are still impacting us now. Yeah. I mean, as you said, it's not a small number of people who are getting sick from air pollution. It's a pretty big issue. So let's say we're just looking at financial costs, which, you know, I think you and I would agree is not the right way to look at this health issue and this environmental issue. But like the Trump administration has done, let's think about money for a second. How much is the U.S. already spending on the adverse health effects of air pollution? A lot. So there isn't a very clear number on that. But even if you go state by state, you'll see that we're spending millions in health costs that are pollution related. In California alone, $193 million in a span of two years just because of air pollution. And wow. of course, California is a little bit higher than other places because of the wildfires and because mm-hmm. of some of these other impacts. But it's also one of the cleaner energy sources. Um, states in in the country. So while, um, you know, while it has a lot of environmental issues going on, it's also trying more than others. So we should be pretty worried about that. And on the opposite side, it's crazy how much money we save when we do spend on clean air. Like Mm. the Clean Air Act is costly. There's no way around that. But it has saved us more than like a trillion dollars. So even if we're looking at the economic benefits, not sending people to the hospital is going to save us a lot in workforce costs and economic costs for this country, too. Do you think that the Clean Air Act is under threat? Oh, definitely. I mean, that was a very... um, That was a pointed thing earlier in the administration under Scott Pruitt, where he directly looked at the Clean Air Act and said... A lot of this is bureaucracy and red tape that we need to cut through and simplify. And that's pretty scary because the Clean Air Act has come, you know, has been developed for more than 60 years and is in response to a lot of our industrial revolution issues that, you know, brought our life expectancies really low in the past. So on the federal level, as we've talked about, things are looking kind of grim. But are there examples of cities and states trying to tackle this issue more locally while things at the federal level are sort of working against environmental protections? 
Definitely. And I think that's sort of where the strength of a lot of the U.S. push towards a renewable energy lies is yeah. in cities and states that have made this their mission. So we see some sort of obvious contenders like New York, which has just implemented congestion pricing. And of course, New York is a more progressive city than others. And so is this not completely shocking? Last and we've talked about congestion pricing on this podcast, have. so you can go back and listen to that episode. And Los Angeles as well is trying really hard to rein in its traffic, um, not just because it makes the city less efficient, but also because of the emissions that it produces. There's a lot of cities in Florida, Louisiana, that have committed to renewable energy, 100% renewable energy, including South Miami, which is a city of its own, which has tried to push towards 100% solar and wind power as well. So we're seeing a lot of these small initiatives. I'm like cautiously optimistic because you never want you know, these sort of piecemeal initiatives to take the place of a federal government regulation. But it's also important just to know that there's enough people who want us to go in this direction in both Republican and Democratic communities Mm -hmm. that the EPA is working in direct opposition to Americans. Yeah, well, let's let's end on that slightly cautiously optimistic note. I feel like that's a good place to end. So thank you so much, Ankita. Thank you so much for having me. I will miss you. I will miss you too. And listeners, we will miss you. Thank you. Thank you for taking the time going on this ride with us. And again, stay tuned for more Vice podcasts. There's some really exciting projects coming down the pike. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.